We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast. The Oklahoma City Thunder beat the San Antonio Spurs 102-99 to on a last-second Lou Dort three-pointer. I'm joined by Noah Magaro-George, the co-host of the At The Line podcast. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, not a problem. So, kind of a, a wild game there. It was pretty up and down. Uh, second quarter, the Thunder just looked like they had no desire to be on the floor they, they come back a bit in the third quarter. We see SGA have maybe the, the best quarter of his entire career. He had 21 points in just the third quarter. Um, goes into the fourth with 38, which is a career high. Finishes with 42. Um, you know, looking at, you know, the box score and kind of the, the result of the game, um, what would you say is the overarching theme of, of maybe why San Antonio ended up on the, on the bottom side of the, of the game? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with they're coming off a, a 10-day, uh, you know, hiatus, uh, and it was forced by those positive COVID tests, and so now they're scrambling, they're trying to figure out, you know, who's going to end up playing. They they called up Trey Jones and Lucas Shamanich out of the G League. They got Keita Bates-Jopp, the most minutes he's had all season. Um, Trey, I mean, uh, Trey Lyles had a lot of minutes, so it was just kind of a mismatch of players, and, uh, you know, it's not the end of the world if you're a Spurs fan watching this game. Um, I'm actually pretty encouraged by what I saw, you know, everything, given everything that's going on for them, it was not a bad effort, you know, 99-102 could be a lot worse, you know, the end stung, but I thought it was a solid game for for the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, and overall, like, maybe maybe you have different thoughts, but coming into the season, if you would have asked me, you know, a third, almost a halfway through the season, the Spurs would be the five seed at, at 16 and 11, 
I probably wouldn't have believed you. Have you been surprised with how well they've played? Yeah, I actually have been. You know, before the season started, I was saying, you know, let's let's temper expectations a little bit. Um, you know, they're not a bad team. I think the Western Conference is incredibly deep. So, you know, if they fall in that playing game range, don't be surprised. That was that was always my opinion. You know, they're too competitive to just be an outright awful lottery team, but they're also not a legitimate playoff contender. Um, and, and they've proven me wrong a little bit, but I think they've also had, according to ESPN, they had like the fourth easiest schedule so far. So in some ways it's not surprising. In other ways it's, it's, it's a little surprising, but I think they're going to have a really tough time in the second half of the season. Yeah, and you know the the roster composition. Obviously, there's there's a few different pieces from last year, um, but overall the the core of the Spurs is is pretty similar. Um, you know, what have you attributed to the jump from last season to this season? Is it uh, a couple of the younger guys stepping up? Is it just overall being more healthy and having more of your guys around? What has it been? Yeah, I think it's been a combination of a lot of different things. I think the first thing that maybe people outside of San Antonio who don't watch the Spurs uh, may not realize, but Bryn Forbes, Marco Bellinelli, they spent about 45 minutes per game combined on the court last season, um, and they were arguably two of the worst five defenders in the NBA. I mean, they were giving up points left and right. Um, their defensive field goal percentage was in the bottom 10 for in the league for both of them, and just getting rid of them was kind of an addition by subtraction. It opened up minutes for Lonnie Walker, for Keldon Johnson, um, even Devin Vassell, the incoming rookie, and, and we've seen this defense really thrive where the last season it was one of the worst defenses in the NBA, so I think that's been one of the biggest factors. And then on the other end, you've got guys like Derek White, uh, DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie, um, you know, they're all stepping up a little bit in their own right. So I think it's been a really encouraging season for, for the San Antonio Spurs young core. I'm not ready to say they have anybody who's like that 1A prospect who's going to, you know, carry them to the playoffs or the promised land or anything like that. But they have some nice young pieces to surround, uh, you know, a potential free agent with because they're going to have a ton of money to spend next free agency. Yeah, and on that note, that's that's a question I kind of wanted to ask you. So you've got guys like DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge. First of all, super weird seeing Aldridge come off the bench today, so I'll, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But you've got two guys that are still productive NBA players, even at their age. Um, you know, wh What would you do if you were San Antonio? Are you trying to get some value out of them while you still can, or are you happy with writing them out till they're free agents and letting them walk potentially for nothing? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty big, like, draft buff. Um, you know, I'm always looking at the classes, and I think this is one of the best classes in recent memory, um, this 2021 class. So my thoughts have always been, you know, let's try to get whatever we can out of LaMarcus and DeMar, but because we know the best that this team can do if these are your two best players and they're only getting older is a possible 7th or 8th seed. That's the best they've achieved together. They're not getting any younger. Um, and like I said, I'm not really sure the young core has that guy who's ready to take over and carry them to the playoffs. So I think trying to get whatever you can out of them is really important in terms of just, you know, trade value, you know, call around, see what's going on. And we saw them do that before the draft. They talked to Golden State. Um, they talked to a few other organizations. And, and nothing really came of that. Um, but it was nice to know they were on the phones exploring their options. But I don't know. With, with the Spurs, it's just so difficult to know exactly what they're thinking. They're really close to the vest. Um, they, they value continuity more than anything. And, and that's one of the reasons that we saw Marco and, and, and Bren play so many minutes last season. It's like Pop is dedicated to veterans. He trusts veterans. He's more willing to let them make mistakes. And, and unfortunately, I, I think we may end, end up seeing these guys kind of ride it out with San Antonio. They may not end up trading them. 
Uh, and if they if they have the opportunity, they, they, may, they may actually bring back DeMar DeRozan. I, now, I haven't been told that by anybody, but I kind of feel that may be the case. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because Oklahoma City's been similar. You know, a lot of their front office is, is former Spurs guys. They're, they're very close to the chest. They're always competitive until this season. I mean, you look at Oklahoma City's 12, 13-year history as a franchise since they relocated to Oklahoma. Um, inaugural season, pretty rough. After that, <laughs> Kevin Durant, you know, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, those guys are coming up. They've only missed the playoffs once in the last 11 years always competitive. So it was weird to see them tear it down. It's going to be interesting in a similar vein to see San Antonio after, you know, you know better than anybody, all of the success they've had over the last one, two decades. Um, interesting to see kind of how, how they tear it down or rebuild or, or even retool, depending on, on how you look at it. So, um, you know, obviously Oklahoma City's building around Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I I didn't think there was any chance he was going to be an all-star. I think he had all-star numbers, but just with it being a popularity contest and there being a lot of big names he was competing with, you know, from from your point of view, kind of a similar situation with DeMar DeRozan. Not not the sexiest name. You don't you don't see ESPN and all these Twitter accounts tweeting out his stats all the time. Um, what were your thoughts on both Shea and DeMar in their all-star case? Were they actually snubs? And then just talk a little bit about what you saw from Shea tonight. I'm sure you don't watch as much Thunder basketball as, as maybe some of us here do, but, but what are your opinions on him as a player overall? Yeah, so I'll, I'll tackle that second one first. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is... One of my favorite players in the NBA. I try to catch as many Thunder games as I can. I just think he's got a really unique style of basketball. He's clearly one of the the elite self-creators in the league. I mean, given his supporting cast, it's incredible that he's able to put up the numbers he does at the efficiency he does. And he just has such a herky-jerky yet smooth, you know, offensive game. And he's he's somewhat of a, a defensive threat. I don't, I don't think, you know, you can correct me because I don't watch as much Thunder basketball as you do. But I feel like he is a good enough defensive player that, you know, he's never going to be a liability out there. So I really enjoyed watching him play. I didn't know he was going to go off for 42 tonight, but I think <laughs> tonight was um, I enjoyed it. You know, as a Spurs fan, I enjoyed watching him play. It definitely was a little bittersweet, but it was a lot of fun watching him, you know, pretty much get whatever he wanted. And it felt like any time DeJounte Murray was on him, he was working for his points. And any time anyone else was on him, he just pretty much got to his spot. He got past guys and. It was it was a joy to watch, really. So you know you've got Shea, you've got Lou Dort. You know those are those are some of the guys they're building around. But when you look at some of the other young guys, I, I feel like and it's the same way with every team. Um, you know you've got these guys that maybe weren't lottery picks, they weren't big college names. I'm just curious from an from an outsider's point of view. I know you cover the NBA pretty closely, so I'm I'd almost want to ask you this question from a from a a casual Spurs fan, so outside of Oklahoma City, um, Teo Maladone, Darius Baisley, Isaiah Roby, and Kenrich Williams. Out of those four guys, how many do you think that the average Spurs fan has even heard of? Probably just Lou Dort. Um, you know, Spurs fans are, are pretty, and just like pretty much any other fan base, they're mostly absorbed in what the Spurs are doing. And I, I don't think that most casual fans in any fan base would really know them. Um, but Lou Dort definitely would register with them. I mean, we got a, a chance to see him put the Spurs away with that three, but I thought he was pretty fantastic throughout the game. And I think he honestly has kind of made a, an argument for himself as an all-NBA defender this season. Yeah, because you, you, you think about the the defensive players of the year, almost every year, 
Um, at least, at least in recent history, you've had some some Kawhis back in the day. Those kind of guys that that win that award. Um, I don't think Lou Dort's anywhere near Defensive Player of the Year caliber. He was actually number five. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Live on uh, NBA.com's Defensive Player of the Year letter. But oh, when wow. you when you think about perimeter defenders, they they don't get enough enough love when it comes to these defensive awards. Um, I find it hard to sit there and think in my head when it comes to guys like Luca and Dame and finding a perimeter guy that can. You're never going to shut those guys down, right? But just slow them down and make their life miserable. I mean, can you even think of five guys in the league that you'd rather have than Lou Dort doing that? Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. No, not really. I think another guy who we, honestly, we did not get to see him play because of the the COVID protocols. But Derek White is a guy I'd kind of throw in that category. Excellent perimeter defender. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if you got to have had a chance to watch it. Um, but Mike Schmitz did a video with him talking about, you know, how you defend guys like Luca or Jason Tatum when you're a little bit undersized. And, and I think... Lou Dort kind of fits that category, right? He's undersized, but he's really strong. He's an intelligent defender, um, good technique. Uh, so, so I really like Lou Dort. I really like Derek White, but there aren't a lot of guys I would take over Lou Dort at this moment, which is crazy because uh, I think he went undrafted and yep. it's his second season. So he's been yep. really, really stellar for this Thunder team. I think he's going to be, even if not like an all-star caliber player, at least a really important piece of what they do on the defensive end for a long time to come. Yeah, and he was a guy that was mocked even really late into the process, like uh, a late 20s guy, you know, early second round at the worst. 
and the the story goes this has never been in like a, a woes or a shams report or anything official official but there's been word that when he didn't go in the first round him and his agent asked teams to not select him in the second round so that he could actually choose where he wanted to play um he grew up in in Canada was an Oklahoma City Thunder fan you know watching those young KD Russ Harden teams um and signed with Oklahoma City shortly after signed to a two-way contract was making like $70,000 a year um Played a little bit in the G League, got called up when a couple guys got hurt. His very first defensive assignment was Damian Lillard. And we're thinking, like, man, this guy's starting a game, guarding Dame. He's a G Leaguer. Like, he was solid in the G League, but he never had really an offensive game. And he just shut him down. And all of last year, defensive stopper, got that that contract converted right before the bubble. But even even in the playoffs and in the bubble, he was never a huge offensive guy until late in that Houston series where he had that thirty point game. And yeah. this year, he's he's gone off offensively uh, relatively to last year. You know, he's not he's only averaging twelve or thirteen a game. But it's good to see him hitting those threes, and it, and it really makes you think like like organizations like Oklahoma City and San Antonio that have good player development. Um, it pays off in the long run. And that's when you see guys like Keldon and guys like Derek White and DeJounte Murray, like they weren't the the biggest names coming out of college and, and they've turned them into some of the best guys. And that makes me, um, you know, kind of want to ask you about the draft. You said you're, you're interested in, in this upcoming class. I think, I think you're spot on. It's going to be one of the better classes we've seen in a long time. Um, you know, if you're Oklahoma city and you have a top five pick. So outside of Cade Cunningham, because I know everybody kind of considers him the number one guy. Um, wh- where do you where do you sit when it comes to two, three, four, five um, on these prospects? Yeah, so for me, two is definitely at least in my opinion, it's got to be Evan Mobley. I mean, he's got a really unique um, a unique game for a guy his size. He's got really good mobility, fluidity. Um, he can rebound, he can shoot a little bit, he can pass pretty well, and he's a good rim protector. I think he gets a little bit timid sometimes, and he can disappear for long stretches, but I'm not really worried that much about that. I just think for someone as young as he is, as big as he is, um, who moves so well, that he's a guy who you cannot pass up after Cade Cunningham. And then for me, I think probably three would have to be Jalen Suggs, and four would be Jonathan Kaminga. Um, you, you know, this class, I was higher on guys like uh, BJ Boston at the very beginning, uh, clearly, he has He's not had bad. a great season. I also was really high on Usman Garuba, um, who's playing with Real Madrid. Uh, you know, he hasn't had a very good offensive season, but I think he's special enough defensively that you could take him, you know, as high as 10. Potentially, I think he's a really special defensive prospect. Uh, but I still think that this is a really deep class. And I think I want to go back to the 2020 class for a second. People were saying, you know, it's really bad. Um, and I think that was a misconception. I think what they meant to say a lot of times was, you know, that class didn't have that A1 star power at the top. But it was a really deep draft class. I mean, we see guys even like Trey Jones who played for the Spurs tonight at 41 who are capable of coming in a game and, um, you know, just playing right away, plug and play. And and I think that's going to be a, a big distinction between this 2021 and the 2020 classes. There's going to be more top-end talent. But I think it's still a pretty deep class. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And, and I've... I probably overvalue wings just because, you know, you look at some of the best players in the world, a lot of them are wings. You look at, for the most part, teams that have won championships in the last decade outside of of the Warriors who were just kind of breaking the system with this crazy amount of three-point shooting. Um, all these championship teams have a dominant wing. Kevin Durant 
LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and so I'm extremely high on Kuminga. You know, even yeah. before the season started, if I'm if I'm Oklahoma City, if I'm really any team at two, I'm probably taking Kuminga. I, I definitely get the Mobley side of things. It's going to be the same dumb argument we heard all last year with James Wiseman. Can you take a big man at number two? Can you have a, a big man be your best player? Um, it's super, super murky water. Um, I, I think you're right. It's going to be a really, really good class. And I think for Oklahoma City, with them having two picks, potentially being um, lottery picks. So for, for you, if, if, you're, if you're not aware, they get the, the best two picks of their own Miami's and um, Houston's. And Houston's is top four protected. And if all three of those teams finish, you know, kind of where they're at right now, it's going to be really, really good. And so um, just to wrap up the the draft talk, um, if you're Oklahoma City, you're at pick number two. Are you still going Mobley? You know, I, I think I might because if, if I'm looking at their roster construction, I'm seeing like, well, you have Horford. Um, I really like Pokashevsky, actually. I, I'm hoping for something, but he was kind of a guy who I thought was like two years away from being ready, and I think we're probably still on that train after seeing what he's done in the NBA and a little bit in the in the G League bubble. Um, but I think I'd still go with Mobley, but I wouldn't be upset at all if they took Kaminga, right? Because I think everything you said about Kaminga is absolutely true. I think um, the value of wings is really high, that kind of jumbo creator sort of archetype. That's incredibly valuable right now. So, you know, I, I would be fine with taking Kaminga over Mobley or Mobley over uh, Kaminga, you know, kind of a 2A, 2B situation. Um, but I think Oklahoma City is in such a good position with all this draft capital and the 2022 class looks really awesome as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd be excited if I were, you know, a Thunder fan because I think they're building something special. Absolutely. And not to completely jump off track here, but but talk, I want to talk about Al Horford a little bit. Um, you know, there's a lot of these kind of undersized centers that are probably really power forwards, but at this point in their career, kind of having to play center, you've got guys like Al Horford, you've got guys like Blake Griffin, you've got guys like Kevin Love, and it's like they're in the latter parts of their career. They're, they're on these huge contracts. Um, like for the, the 76ers, they had to actually pay to get off of Al Horford's contract and send him to OKC. Um, out of these guys that kind of fit that mold, um, and especially Al Horford, do you see a team um, taking contract into consideration? Because I, I would say there's plenty of teams out there that could use Al Horford. I would say he's probably the best of those those names that I mentioned um, earlier. Is there a team out there that you think is desperate enough to make a move for Al or at this point in the season is, is shown that if they want to be a contender, they need to make a, a big move for a guy like Al? Or do you think he is stuck in Oklahoma City for at least another year with that contract? You know, I think it's really funny. I, I had a conversation with Keith Smith of Yahoo earlier this offseason, and we were talking about how the Spurs could potentially move LaMarcus Aldridge to the Celtics because they have absolutely no front court depth. They've got like Tice, um, Robert Williams, but they've really been struggling. And I think they would honestly give a look at a reunion with Al Horford. I know the money isn't ideal, um, but I think he's a decent fit there. You know, I, I don't think he, he definitely is on the last legs of his career, right? He's probably got you know, three years in him maybe where yep. he can still be a serviceable starter. Um, but but I think Boston could realistically take a look at him. But otherwise, I just think it's so hard with the money um, that I don't know if anyone but Boston with that trade exception would really even entertain the idea of taking on Horford. Yeah, it's, it's super tough. And that's kind of the same situation as 
Russell Westbrook a couple years ago, he had such a huge contract in Oklahoma City, ended up finding that perfect trade partner with Houston to get Chris Paul and even get two first-rounders and two pick swaps out of it. So I think Sam Presti, just knowing his history of manipulating the market and using his leverage, um, I think if he if he does trade Al Horford, you're going to see it be a situation where he got paid to take him on. And I don't think he's going to get, you know, th- no one's going to send three first round picks to get out Horford. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I think, I think if he can get some kind of, you know, young player that is not going to be a superstar ever, but needs a fresh start to be a, a solid contributor or a late first from a contender or an early second, you know, after getting paid to acquire a guy like Al, like that's still a win. I think um, it's going to end up being a good thing. And I think Oklahoma city could even take on, more money I, there you know there's the odds out there for Blake Griffin um if he doesn't get bought out and he actually just gets traded Oklahoma City's like second in Vegas to to take Blake Griffin on it's just they've, they've shown to be a team that's willing to take on these these veterans even though they're rebuilding to try to revitalize their image and um be be role models for the young guys and ultimately flip them um before we before we jump out of here uh Taylor, one of one of my co-hosts, just sent me a message. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander is the fifth player in Thunder slash Supersonics history with a forty-point game at the age of twenty-two or younger, joining Kevin Durant, Spencer Haywood, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. Holy cow! That's special wow. class. That is special. <laughs> that really class. is. Um. So, to wrap things up, Oklahoma City's next two games, um, they're on a home stand, so both of these will be at home. The Atlanta Hawks and the Denver Nuggets are their next two games to wrap up the week before Sunday. Um, based on what you saw tonight and based on what you've seen this season and, and you know knowing who they're playing, if you had to guess, what is their record over these next two games? And you know, based on your answer, which games do they win, which games do they lose? I feel bad saying this. I think it's probably 0-2. Um, you know, the Nuggets are, are, are playing pretty well this season, even though I think they've played um, worse than their expectations. They're a really good team. As long as you have someone like Jokic, you're going to have a chance to win every night, and I feel the same way about Trey Young, even though that team has also underperformed. But Oklahoma City is also a team that, like, it doesn't surprise me when they beat someone who's better than them, you know, because young teams like that just occasionally, if they're feeling it, they get hot um, and they carry it for a whole game. So I wouldn't be surprised if they won both, but I'm expecting them to lose both of those games. Yep, and I think that that's very fair. And Thunder fans, it's funny this season, they're, they're fine losing. It's fun to have a game like this where your franchise cornerstone goes off, but Thunder fans, I think, have accepted the... The fact that losing is fine because at the end of the day, it sucks in, in person or, or in the moment, but once the draft comes around, uh, it makes it all worth it. Uh, well, thanks for, for joining again, guys. This is Noah Magaro-George. Noah, where can, where can our listeners find you at on Twitter? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at N underscore Magaro, and you can find uh, my words at Pounding the Rock, uh, part of SB Nation San Antonio Spurs site. Um, but thanks for having me. I really had a blast talking to you. Absolutely. Thanks, Noah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.